Hello and welcome to the exam hall. This is the podcast where every episode I sit down with a guest and we answer questions from what is known as the hardest exam in the world, the All Souls College Oxford Fellowship Exam. My name is Cherry and I am your host. I am an ex-education professional, soon to be uni student and Muppets enthusiast. Let's go with that. All Souls College Oxford is maybe one of the most exclusive academic institutions in the world. Applicants must sit a gruelling process of four three-hour papers, two specialist papers and two general papers, which is where we will be drawing our questions from. To be eligible to apply for All Souls, you must already hold an Oxford degree or be currently studying there at postgraduate level. However, here at the exam hall, we have no eligibility criteria. Everyone is welcome. Everyone is equal. So without further ado, let me welcome the guest for today's episode. It's only Buddy. Fuck. (laughs) It's only Buddy. It's only bloody Patrick Sway. It's only bloody fuck. (laughs) Thanks, Cherry. It's only my bloody buddy. Yeah. Patrick Swain. Hello, everyone. It's lovely to be here. It's lovely to be asked. And I was asked. This isn't that that sounded like I wasn't asked. I was asked. You were asked. It's lovely to be here. Yeah. How's your day been so far? Busy. Busy. Busy, busy. Are we going to pretend we haven't spoken about this already? (laughs) Thank you. It's it's nice to be here. It's been a busy day, uh, up early, doing work. Riveting stuff. Riveting stuff. Yeah, yeah. But having a lovely chat with my, my bud. I'm not going to say best bud with oh. my bud Cherry. You already had a best bud on this. That was your, that was the um, pilot episode. Can I not have many best buds? No, the best bud has to be the top bud. Oh no! Unless you've got a revolving rolodex of best buds <laughs> I, that you pick. I just I want to have I just I have a rolodex of best buds, but it's not like a rolling thing. It's just like I love everyone and sunshine and sparkles and rainbow. Why can't we all be best friends, Patrick? Elevated buddy. Elevate. Elevated buddy. <laughs> I'll take elevated buddy. Member of fan group. I am. There we go. You're genuinely. You, you know, I, <laughs> I feel like I'm, I am the president and sole member of the Patrick Swain fan club. Yeah, it, it is wonderful. Um, it, you've taken over the role from a couple of grandmothers at my old high school who'd be like, oh my God, it's, it's Patrick. He's playing Jean Valjean again. And I'd be like, yes, <laughs> I cannot hit these notes. Please forgive me. Patrick. Hello. Welcome to the exam hall. Tell me. What qualifications do you have to be eligible for this opportunity of being on the most esteemed podcast, The Exam Hall? I, I went to primary school. I went to Ludworth Primary School in Marple Bridge. Mm. I went to state school. I'm a state school educated boy. I am actually from the north, despite what appearances. I, this is a very That is deeply... When I found out you were from the north, I was deeply surprised. Yeah, I'm from Manchester. I can say things like bath. Um, or up, or if I try to stick my actual accent on, it sort of comes out a little more like that. But um, I'm in London, so it it, it it blends in. Anyway, I went to Point in High School. I did GCSEs, as we all did. And then we went to A-level. I got AAB, which just about scraped me in the most, I think, still nerve-wracking day of my life mm. into the University of Exeter on their drama course, which at the time sounded like a fantastic idea and still is. I'll stand by it. I got a wonderful education there. It's a shame that the rest of the university is slightly, uh, there are Nazi leanings there in. They don't have a union, they have a guild. 
Um, what? It's, it's not like the uni leans, to, to clarify before the, student, the lawyer. The student body. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of like Oxbridge rejects all go to Exeter. Mm. It's very Tory. It's very kind of white. I think I've taken possibly the whitest trajectory I could mm. have done. I've come from, you know, Cheshire to Exeter to now. I, 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 yeah, I got a two one from the University of Exeter. Then I met my best bud, Cherry. Whoa, the, uh, I've, I've been upgraded to best bud I already. Was, uh, I was asked by the National Theatre to join their Young Writers Programme, which is what I've been calling it since. It was just a little... It was just a little team, was Just it? a little team, but it was a wonderful team. It was great, and I learned a lot about playwriting there. Exactly, taken by uh, Here's a, Here's a fun story from when I met... The first time I met Patrick at that writers' group. Go I don't on. know if Patrick remembers this. I remember you in your red glasses. Oh, yeah, I had red glasses yeah, at the time. Yeah, you did. First time I met Patrick, he went, Hi, I'm Patrick, and... I can't, I feel, I think you must have introduced (laughs) The first time, this is the weirdest thing. When I first met Patrick, he came up to me and he said, hi, I'm Patrick. I think you must have introduced yourself by your first and last name, but that sounds really weird. You came up, you went, I'm Patrick Swain. And I went, oh my God, like Patrick Swayze. And he looked at me dead in the eye and went, nobody's ever told me that before <laughs> and me not being able to tell he was like not being able to read sarcasm went oh my god really and he was like no I hear that every time I introduce myself to someone and I felt really bad and I thought wow this man hates me and I'm never gonna have any friends but now we're best buds yeah but you say that but I did introduce myself by saying hi I'm Patrick Swain <laughs> like, yeah what, what does we I, were too little um, I think we were kind of drawn together I was look Everyone in that room was deeply intimidating, and I picked you. Um, was I not intimidating or so? You were the least into you. Uh, you seemed friendly. I can't. You got a good vibe. <laughs> Shaped got, like a friend. You've got a good vibe. Oh, and, that's nice. And I, I was like, yeah, I, I, I like to think I have vibes for people, and, and I mean, doesn't everyone? You had a good vibe as well. Oh, thank you very much. So we've we've been, you know, Cherry's been coming to my plays ever since. I've tried. Getting her barred, but she's just, you know, she just changes her hanging around like she changes a... her haircut every time and the picture <laughs> is different. It doesn't you know, she's there. Anyway, um and I got accepted very graciously onto the MFA for writing and stage and broadcast media at the Royal Central School of Speech and Drama. Gorgeous. So I'm I'm very privileged in that I've been able to get a master's degree. And I took the time where everything was locked down to kind of sit in a room and study. Uh, unwatched because that's what writers do anyway and then after that I was asked by the Hampstead Theatre to be on their Inspire programme and I've worked with them for the past year to write a play so that that's kind of my education because I was I was mentored by some wonderful wonderful playwrights there so that's that's my educational journey up to this point other than that I'm 25 um I, I have knee problems now Wow. Yeah. Is this what lies ahead of me? Oh, believe me. In the rocky, rocky road of the mid-twenties. I used to be able to run half marathons. I was fine. And then I turned 21. Run one half marathon without training. Not a good idea. It's just gone. I couldn't walk the next day. Well, Patrick, I am very glad that you are here with me today. Today's question comes from the 2021 General Paper 1. And it is. Is there something to be said for boredom? Question mark. Yes. I would absolutely agree. Tell me, what drew you to this question? So I have ADHD, 
unlike that BBC article that says everyone has ADHD, mm. it's just it's just a fob off. I actually have ADHD. I'm being told to sit very still to stay in front of this microphone, yes. and it is very hard. Um, I I I ping off in all sorts of directions. I get distracted very easily, and. On top of that, I have tinnitus, which means that sitting in silence is quite rough. Mm. Um, it's my fault. I listen to music too loud. And so generally the idea of boredom and the idea of silence is quite quite a rough one. But I think there is definitely something to be said for that, uh, for, for it. Mm-hmm. And that's because and maybe this is nostalgia. Maybe this is just me remembering the past and, and, and thinking times were better then. But I definitely remember before... Touch, certainly touchscreen and immediate access to the internet, I could focus more easily mm. than I can now. Um, and I think my ADHD is fed by, and I think it extends beyond just ADHD, I think it extends into normal everyday life. Yeah. I think attention spans are shortening so much by, like, as someone who works in long-form entertainment, yes, you know, 90 minutes to two hours, as soon as a film gets even slightly slightly boring, you see half the mm. room itch for their phones. And I don't think that's their fault. I think it's, it's the fault of this constant kind of, look at this, look at this. You know, everywhere there are screens yeah. showing you things. And I think without boredom, because human like humans evolved for boredom. Mm. We evolved to sit in caves. We evolved to sit in silence. We evolved to wait. And it's only the past 100 years where you know before can i can i because i saw people were quoting fancy books can I go ahead to, quote quote book in a jürgen habermas's book the structural transformation of the public sphere mm-hmm. um it talks about how modern human society only re- evolved out of um coffee houses in cities you know people being drawn into cities and then within those cities there being like cafes and public spaces because otherwise who would you see in your life mm-hmm. you live in a field you see maybe five ten people maybe you go to church mm-hmm. but church isn't really a place for discussion you know you you go in you you hear the sermon and you leave um and even then a lot of them were taken in latin so you yeah. don't really understand anyway so you would get you, you would just have to sit there you know you'd eat your meal and you'd go out and you'd work and you would occupy yourself with your work and then coffee houses came in and suddenly you could sit down and discuss with your friends and there's this idea that modern human interconnection and thought and the idea of a public only really evolved in the human collective mm. around the time that that was allowed to occur because because discussions and your ideas are then kind of locked onto this other person's mm. ideas and they talk and they think about it and then it goes onto this other idea and it it's like a neural net of people yeah. which slowly evolves or just you know what we know is normal conversation and discussion and productivity mm. and then over the last hundred years everything is you've got telegrams you've got you know phones obviously mm. that's the big one instant big one. messaging yeah you know but you, there are there are more there are quicker and more accessible methods of communicating instant message with people across the world yeah exactly exactly so you, you just you just you have no downtime and you have no sense of boredom because you have an idea you don't wait until you can sit on the phone and talk to this person you have to meet like certainly i do yeah and you know i immediately 
communicate my thought. I immediately communicate my idea. And you don't sit with it. You don't let it evolve. Or I may be getting off track here. There's something to be said about the private thinking and thought. Mm. And and it, it's killing attention spans. Yeah. It's killing our ability to watch and absorb and, and let things resonate in mm. our media. And I'd say it's also killing communication. Mm-hmm. Um, because you sit down and everyone has their phones out on the table there. Yeah. You know, if there's a second of downtime, someone's on their phone. Um, and that's bad for me because I get on my phone and I am in my phone mm. and half an hour is gone. Well, pho- phones are designed... Every- I feel like everything is designed to grab your attention and suck you in. So no matter how hard you try, son- suddenly you look at your watch and you've been sat sat there for an hour, an hour and a half. Do you have an Apple Watch? I don't have an Apple Watch. I don't have an Apple Watch. Okay. I don't want an Apple Watch. I don't want an but Apple I think Watch either. Th- that's the thing. Why would I want... And it was sold as such an amazing thing. You know, look, you can just... You can see when you've got a text. Yeah. Like, and you can reply. Why? Why... Why would I want to do that? There's a, you know, and I guess it's good for like business people. Sure. You know, if you've, you've got to immediately reply and that sort of thing. But they're not, they're not marketed as this is for business people. This is like a, a way to keep on top of your task. This, it's marketed uh, as it's like. It's a way to keep on top of your health. It's a way to, you know, do, you know, you can do your music from your wrist. Mm. So, so what you're saying is boredom is, it's a pool from which creativity and ideas can emerge. Is that what you're saying? I think beyond that, I think further than that, I mm-hmm. think boredom is a fundamental need for human beings to operate. Mm. I think because I think the higher levels of burnout that you're seeing, yeah, the higher levels of depression that you're seeing, of anxiety, and then is down to the fact that you never have a moment to sit back away. You know, and that's not just down to work. That's not just down to high workload. That's down to the fact that you get off of work and immediately you're in your phone. Yeah. Immediately. And you're not seeing one thing. You're seeing like 250 bright, colorful things, Mm. all of which are are, are giving you, you know, different bits of information and different things to learn. Yeah. You know, and I think it also makes it more difficult to learn because you're not focused on memorizing anything that you see. Mm. you're just focused on absorbing one bit of information, another bit of information, another bit of information. There is no regimentation to it. It's all just immediate and gone. It's wonderful. The internet is a wonderful thing. Like it's a, can you imagine what, 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 you know, because I I mean, I was born being told off to, you know, for picking up the phone because my dad was going into a meeting because of the dial up Mm. connection, you know, I've still got those tones ringing in my head. See, I'm, I'm, I'm just a little bit too late for that. Uh, it was a black plastic phone that... Plastic? Plastic. Black plastic phone that, um, <laughs> you know, and it would make weird noises and I'd pick it up. And uh, I remember broadband coming in. I had no mm. idea what it was, but it was good fun. Um, and so I, I kind of saw the internet, or at least what we know as the yeah. internet, grow. Um, yeah. I, I remember... The moment, probably because it was such an important moment in, I guess, my life, which mm. was the moment that I realized my phone had enough data to go on Facebook and send messages to people when I wasn't on Wi-Fi. Because I remember being at home and you could send messages when you were at home, but suddenly I was at school 
at school. And suddenly you can be below your desk and yeah. ignoring the teacher I mean, in look, ways you can't couldn't before. I know text messages are a thing. I understand that that was available before. But, but there's different. There's something different about it. Mm. And and then suddenly you could just... I wanted to know something, I could know it like that. Yeah. There was no patience. And I mean, there was something wonderful if we're going to go on to education about university, about the mm. moment where you could go into a library and sit down with a book because you suddenly realised, oh, the internet... Sure, it has everything, but it has, like, there's still a joy in books, and books have so much more mm. than you could just find on the surface. Yeah. The internet is so very surface level. The kind of, the richness of a book is is amazing. Yeah. Um, and the, the taking of time to leaf through all this compilation of information that this person has given you. Yeah. But... The internet nowadays... I was amazed it has to def- see... It has sped up so much more. I was amazed to see that TikTok had... Um, a shop like yeah. that's that's you know i've seen like ads on youtube and all mm. that sort of stuff i was and obviously you can click through and you know it takes you to the website and then you can do these other steps i was mm. made to see that tiktok itself has an integrated shop yeah Every, everything's crazy there you don't have to look or search for anything and anything anymore even, i mean okay. even in the fundamental app design of tiktok yeah. it's not like youtube anymore where you have to sort of search for a video and it, it moves too fast to be regulated as well it's because literally as as it's just there, it swipe 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 yeah, swipe, yeah, swipe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't like it swipe it's you why know. i don't have it on my phone yeah because i just i'll lose hours in it actually no i think i've reached a point with it where it is so fast that i'm deeply aware of how much time i'm losing within it mm. and therefore i go no, this is too much. Yeah. And, and kind of, I mean, maybe that's because I'm 25, mm. which isn't that old. So old. So it's old. It's decrepit. But, um, Got a gammy knee already. I d- look, that was my fault. I accept it. Shut up. Shut up. I'm not saying <laughs> why, anything. Why do I find that so rude? <laughs> I, I'm going to the gym. I'm trying to fix it. Look. You have a gammy knee. I just need to strengthen the muscles around it by doing um, Roman split squats. I you sound... So old. I am deeply old. I got a protein bar in my. You're an old soul. Always have been. I have a. I do barbecues now. I did. I was gardening yesterday. I told you. You're a proper barbecue kind of dad, aren't you? I can just imagine you in a pair of like jorts. I I lean into the sandals and socks. They're ironic jorts. Okay. I I am a big barbecue fan. Okay, let's get back on topic. All right. (laughs) (laughs) So you're sort of talking about overstimulation and Yeah. yeah. What's the solution? do you think, in a world where you're sort of saying boredom, it doesn't exist anymore or it's limited, Um, what's the solution? I think first things first, I think there needs to be, and this is maybe radical, maybe Mm -hmm. people won't like this, but I think maybe maybe this is pushing the boat out. Maybe this is just too much for people to handle. But there's there's been this generation of kids who've grown up with iPads. Yeah. And they've grown up with phones immediately there. Because I understand it as a parent, you know, feeding myself is hard enough. Feeding a child as well, crazy. And, you know, the equivalent of, you know, to have something instead of having to play with them all the time. I mean, we just got a a new dog a year ago. My dad, bless him. She's called Minnie. She's lovely. But she's crazy. She wants attention whenever you don't want to give her attention. Like, you sit down to watch, again, dad the Formula One, and um, she immediately went, or, or a film, films are available, and she's immediately there, sat in front of you, dropping toys and barking at you at like 200 decibels, yeah. and she needs attention there and then. And, I mean, you bought a dog. You expected this to happen, but mm. all the same, 
it's there and you don't want it. Yeah. If you could give that dog an iPad and it could entertain itself while you watch the race, it would be tempting. It would be deeply tempting. It is, yeah. So I understand it. And if you have a kid that, you know, a couple of hours, I want to go and watch, what would you watch? Ready, steady, cook. Um, I would. Mm. Reruns. You give the kid the iPad and, and it, it goes away and it does all of that stuff. It's, I think even like despite your best intentions, like, yeah. God, I've just got a Hoover. Let me give yeah. Timothy a little. I was thinking of Timothy. I was going for Timmy. Oh, yeah. let, me, let me give little Timmy, the baby, the iPad for 15 minutes while I just sort out what I do. Then It's on kids' mode. I, iPads are, de- you know, technology It's designed to addict you. Screens are addicting, yeah, especially to such a young child. And that he's spirals. on YouTube Kids, you know. He's, he's only watching what's on YouTube Kids. But that's the problem, mm. right? I think, radical idea, technology like iPads should not be given to children until the age of 12. Okay. I think. I didn't get a mobile phone... Until I was in year seven. Yeah. Um, and then I got like a Nokia brick. Because mm. I, again, I am old. That was all that was available. Yeah. I went, to, I went to high school in 2009. The iPhone had been out for two years. You need to kind of, your brain is developing. I mean, mm. your brain's developing up until my age. I'm just downhill from here. But I think, yeah, limiting that, while the brain is developing that constant, constant attention-grabbing focus. Yeah. You know, I mean, I used to be sat in front of the snooker when I was a kid, and maybe that's why I am how I am. Um, but, yeah, just sitting the child and making them watch one thing. Mm. If you've got to distract them, a kid will watch anything. Yeah. Make them watch the snooker and just let them be there. Don't give them something where they are tapping the fish or watching a new video then yeah. a new video then a new video then a new video then a new video it's it's i think that's an important step and i also think education about screen time and yeah. screen hours is more important because I, I mean i got none of it and it was just exciting yeah it was like you know just come on it and i think maybe this is something that needs to be done post pandemic definitely yeah definitely um i don't want to be uh I've forgotten the words. That's a good thing for a writer, isn't it? Problematic. I don't want to be problematic, but the, the pandemic wasn't good for me. I mean, this this question is from, when is it? 2017, I believe. Let me double check. I think it was later no. than that. 20- oh, wait, no. 2021, actually. 2021, yeah. So I'm assuming this is sort of in response to a lockdown, this Probably. question. Because lockdown, what did most people do in lockdown? They spent their time on their laptops, on yep. their phones. And they, because it was the only way that you could get communication and yeah. i mean and and it was i mean it was deeply encouraged and i'm not saying that people should have just gone back to living as farmers and living alone no you don't get to talk to your friends but mo- so many people woke up went straight on their laptops yeah you know spent a whole day on video calls just immediate attention um and immediate stuff that i, I don't know whether that was good and i think there needs to be Maybe some weaning off of it. Because mm. I know it's how easy it is for my screen time to go up to five hours. Yeah. And like six hours. Yeah. And I know how hard it is to make my screen time an hour and a half. Yeah. Which is crazy. It shouldn't be. I think also sometimes just in 
the world that we live in it's sometimes it's impossible it, you know all like so much work mm. is virtual nowadays mm. if you're typing away on a word document you know you're, no one's using paper and pens to do their oh, no. filing anymore you have to be in front of a laptop answering emails but then that's another thing as well because if you can answer emails immediately why aren't you answering emails immediately mm. why aren't you there why aren't you replying mm. it's awful Mm. I know this is I getting very I hate emails. This is getting very corporate. The memes were more fun to talk <laughs> about. <laughs> if anyone is still listening, um, <laughs> let's talk about um, corporate emails. Mm. So, as a writer, yes. As a playwright and a screenwriter, yes. How does boredom play into your creative process? Well, I was listening to Simon Stevens's Royal Court podcast because I am a little simp. And um, <laughs> thank you for that disapproving look. Um, I gave Patrick a very disapproving look and I shook my head. It was a good... You were, so you were listening to a podcast. You were yeah. listening to a podcast. Um, I was. <laughs> and uh, David Eldridge was talking about his creative process. And I can't remember which playwright he was talking about, but they were talking about how they write and the advice given to David Eldridge back when he was a budding writer but it was that something should happen in your play every seven minutes every seven minutes something new has to happen in order to keep the audience's attention like like um a drink has to spill like and you and you um or they have to dance or okay a new revelation an action yeah 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 yeah, yeah. something interesting not just yeah. not just chatting yeah and David Eldridge um, who wrote the fantastic play Beginning, that if it's ever on, I would encourage you to go and see. And that's anyone. It's just a great little play. It's about two people who are um, after a house party who both like each other and are very shy and are trying to decide whether they want to sleep together or not. Um, and it's a really nice will they, won't they. Although you're in the play, so they're gonna. But because that's one place, one time, one action, the whole way through, oh, it's keeping it like... I just remembered what the play this is, sorry. It's beginning by David Eldridge. No, too. no, I like, just you remember cause, I said cause that. didn't he do the didn't he do the second one? Where where like he Can did you guess its name middle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he did middle as well, didn't he? Yeah, and he's doing end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How exciting! But he was talking about the fact that yeah, because it's one place, one time, one action. How are you going to keep people's attention throughout? And he said, writing for modern audiences, instead of seven minutes, it's now three minutes. The advice is you have to write mm. more stuff. So when you're writing, I'm now... Because film's always been tricky. Film is always... Certainly when you're, when you're being taught it or when you're reading books like Save the Cat, um, which is a, the, the kind of screenwriting yeah. teaching book. Everyone, um, everyone reads it. Everyone reads I it. I haven't read it yet. You've not read it? No. It's, it's very arrogant. Blake Snyder, who wrote it, but he's dead. So I'm kind of like, criticism? Ooh, um, you can slag someone off if they're dead He's a knob I'm sorry, <laughs> throughout the whole book He's like, well, I've sold six scripts So I know exactly what I'm okay. talking about One of his films was called Stop or My Mum Will Shoot You It is frequently considered Sylvester Stallone's worst film And his other film that he sold To Steven Spielberg Was called Nuclear Family and it's about, surprise, surprise, a family who come across nuclear waste and gain superpowers. And he was like, like I'm, I'm the best. I'm the best. I'm the best at coming up with titles. You, you've got to be good at coming up with titles. And me, I've sold six scripts. I'm good at coming up with titles. Mm -hmm. He's not. 
But the book the book gives you like the basic screenwriting structure. Yeah. Um, it's the US equivalent of Into the Woods by John York, of which I have three copies on my bookshelf. Wow. And two in my Kindle shelf. I don't know how they turn up there. They just grow. They just, they just spawn. Yeah, yeah. Like asexual reproduction, like strawberries. Basically, film has always been, you need stuff, 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 stuff. And maybe that's a problem. Maybe mm. that's where it started. You know, you're taught that audiences need a lot all the time. It's why like Fast and Furious films, jumping from fight to fight. I went to go and see Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 and there's a fight every like five minutes. Right. If you break down, if you're sad enough to break down the Matrix, like I am, uh, like I was page by page, it is you, and I highlighted all the action and all the dialogue scenes and all the action scenes, every other scene is an action scene and every dialogue scene, something else is happening at the Mm. same time. And so it's, and I mean that maybe to try and, you know, distract people for exposition, but it's also just kind of like a, audiences need stuff all the time. There is no time to sit back and reflect. You know, like you show someone yeah. uh, something like Wings of Desire by Wim Wenders. Wim Wenders? He's German. And um, that that's all just slow pacing. And you see people start to fidget. I start to fidget and mm. I consider myself a film snob. So, so that that I think that's where it started, and I think there's an issue with playwriting starting to potentially merge in that direction in terms of what the official theory is maybe teaching. Mm. In that, I am now thinking page by page, not like, oh, what's this rumination doing? What's you know, what's what's this conversation giving us? How are these characters slowly developing? It is now when something else going to happen in the script, and maybe that's good. Maybe it's nice to keep people's attention. Maybe it keeps the play interesting and mm. stops me from being overindulgent, which I am. Um, but also I think I think it's a shame that that kind of long, slow, Harold Pinter, yeah. slow, evolving scene, I don't think would be programmed nowadays. New, certainly not a new. On at the moment. Certainly not a new writer. Obviously it's stupid to say, old playwrights are never programmed, especially not old white men. That's a silly thing to say, but do you get what I'm getting? No, at? I get what you mean. That, that yeah. But it well, basically, seven minutes to three minutes, you're having to write more stuff in to keep audiences' attention, and the audiences' attention is always on your mind. Yeah, it's not just are they going to be following this? It's are they going to be actively engaged in following this, or are they going to be itching to watch their phones or look at their watch? Do you think that's a new phenomenon? Do you think playwrights back in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, let's say, weren't thinking? Oh, no. Or they, are they going to be engaged? They, are they? Are, do I have their attention? They absolutely were. Like, they absolutely were. Like I say, but it was seven minutes, not three. Mm. So it was, it was not, it wasn't less of a thing. Obviously, when you've got an audience there, you're like, I, I want to make sure the audience is having a good time. Yeah. But I think you weren't so like, oh my God, they could be on TikTok getting something new every five seconds. Mm. Sarah Kane was never thinking about what the audience, you know, what their attention were going to be grabbed. Yeah. Or like Jez Butterworth in Mojo was never thinking about what an audience was going to be thinking of or X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z. That's, that's stupid. But I do think now, it's, I mean, maybe it's difficult to say because post-2015 playwriting's received a bit of a cut. You don't have as much new interesting, you know, like that mm. sort of impetus there. So maybe, maybe we've just not seen it. 
as a writer do your ideas come from being bored or do they come from being preoccupied and engaged with something I think they come from me being bored interesting um but like when I'm distracted it's a difficult one because they come at all sorts of times but I think the most the most regular time that ideas come is just as I'm falling asleep because ideas Mm. to to me they come from my subconscious and I think I need to be I, I need to be excited by something I need I need um like something to seed my subconscious, something to kind of plant like the ideas within or Mm. I just need the thought and they're kind of like, oh, I need to fix this problem. How do I do it? Yeah. Maybe it's frustration. Maybe it's excitement. Maybe it's going to see sexy Oklahoma on the West End and going, God, I want to rip that off. Um, But normally if I'm on a walk and nothing's happening and I go, God, nothing's happening and you just let your mind wander. Yeah. just let your mind wander and I think that's so frequently what people call being bored you've just got to let all of your thoughts just fall out fall is that away. what you would de- define as boredom letting like n- well I think m- I get, mind wandering I get bored when that happens mm. I, I find myself feeling bored because I'm itching for more imp- like like stimulation like mm. it's not the most exciting thing happening yeah right here right now and so if I'm on a walk, um, I get bored and that's where my mind starts to wander. I'd say being mm. bored is when my mind starts to starts to go. Yeah. Like I'm on a walk. I would call going on a walk compared to everything else, unless you're in the most beautiful place. Yeah. You know, unless you're in like Yosemite. Yeah. You're in the middle of a field and maybe there's cows. Actually, no, there's no cows. Cows are threatening. Cow. Oh, no, I love cows. Every time I see a cow on a walk, I'm like, damn, that's a cow. I'm like, that's a cow. They're huge. Great big things. Yeah, I know. I know. They're on the other I'm To be honest, I'm thinking about these cows like they're on the other side of a gate or like they're in the, the next field over. Oh, yeah, that's fine. Same field. Actually, no, I'm no. In the field same, with some cows. same field as cows. I think maybe I would be a bit and nervous. They are inquisitive. Lots of people die by a cow. It's true. Hmm. That's not boring. That's incredibly That's boring. interesting. But like, you know, you're on a walk and you, you've you got past the conversational stage. Yeah. And you've got like three miles to go, maybe more, you know, and or, or you're on a run. I find running very boring because I've, I, I like doing it, but I, I think I'm in the like, moment, not it, fun. No, 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 no. Not at all. And, and you're moving and it's kind of like. You get past the, oh, this hurts bit. And you get into the, God, this just keeps going bit. And that, mm. that is when it gets boring. And that is then when my mind starts to wander. Yeah. Because I'm trying to find other in- interesting things within my head. Yeah. And if I just let all of that, like, that go, or that kind of fall out, then sometimes within there is when I go, that. Yeah. That, that, that's the answer. That's the fix. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I, yeah. I really I think when I'm stuck in a hole when I'm writing, yeah. going on a walk, walking around the park, it seems to I think it's something about like moving for me. See, maybe that's why I was surprised when you were like, that's my definition of boredom. Because for me, I'm like a lot of the time my writing process, I'll be like, I have the idea, I know what it the shape is, or I sort of I have like I know what it needs to be, but I can't get there and I feel like I hit a wall. Mm. 
And that, to me, that's boredom. Or not, maybe that's not boredom, but I get like frustrated and I feel like I'm yeah. not mo- going anywhere. I'm stuck here. Mm. And then it's me going on the walk and it's the movement. And so I don't, so to me, that like that's, that's not boredom. That's getting up and going. That's me stimulating myself. And Interesting. I, and then I think when I sort of get in a rut and I'm on my phone and I'm doom scrolling, sometimes I'm getting, I'm giving my, I'm trying to get stimulation to my brain. Yeah. It's not good stimulation, no. but that to me is more boring. They're both responses to boredom though. And I'd say the response into, because doom scrolling is an attempt to alleviate boredom by giving yourself everything. Yeah. So my response to boredom my my idea of boredom mm-hmm. is nothing happening and therefore my mind is wandering. Nothing happening. Because, I okay, maybe I consider walking nothing happening. Because walking is as, as normal to me as, like, sitting down. Yeah. I'm just going somewhere. Yeah. You know? Or or I'm on a, you know, I'm on a walk. And I'm, I'm <sighs> oh, it's hard. What I love about these questions is when you really start to break them down, you then go, okay, wh- what exactly is boredom? Say I'm, say I'm sat on a sofa. Let's go full David Lynch. You're sat on a sofa in a room. There's nothing there. Okay, we strip everything away and it's just me sat on a sofa alone in a room. I'd say that's still important because that's me trying to reclaim my attention span. Mm. That's me finding acceptance within myself. Yeah. And, and being bored by something is, you know, with no walking, no nothing, no, no anything, is still a more natural human thing than going onto a telephone and browsing for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. And I guess maybe that's me discarding what is a new step in human evolution. Maybe that's me Mm. discarding, oh, no, phones are the future, you know, all this constant neural net of of brains constantly interconnected. It feels inevitable and it feels unavoidable. Yeah. And I think it's more just how... How long it takes to go down the slippery slope. Yeah, or how do we you make sure we're using phones and the internet Mm. and social media in a productive way that sparks creativity instead of dampening it. Yeah. Because what I, I, I'm really interested in how the internet can be used to tell stories and to find new ways of being creative. Things like alternative reality gaming, Mm. ARGs, which Mm. for people who don't know, it's when people will use the internet as a setting and the way to tell the story. So they'll create fake websites and... Oh, that's fantastic. And like, so like the story, it'll be like a website for a fake company. And in that there is hidden a story. Yeah, kind of like... um like like immersive theater yeah yeah immersive theater but you the instead of instead of it being uh actors in a theater it's the internet i find that stuff fantastic i find that so so interesting and uh there's a creator called lucas podomy and during the pandemic he created an absolutely brilliant series called lucids Mm -hmm. and it started with being like a weird like tiktok sketch which then devolved into this entire matrix multiverse inception series and he played all the characters mm-hmm. and you know what that came out of the pandemic that came out of him being bored and being like i want to create something but he used the internet to tell the story in a really interesting way mm. so i i think see that i think that's another thing for boredom it, it it is often the spark to go mm. and do something fascinating. Yeah. To not be bored. You need the moments of boredom in your life to be able to sit there and go, 
okay, what am I doing now? Mm. It both allows you a moment of contemplation. It allows you when, because I think boredom is oftenly when the, uh, often, oftenly, often when the conscious, which is difficult to turn off because that's just you, that's just yeah. who you are all the time, is just un, like uninterested by anything going on, Yeah, obviously. But the subconscious is working away in a way that you, you don't know. You need those moments to then go off and ping off and do something fascinating. Mm. I remember at the start of the pandemic, I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. I was sat there just unable to work and it was so boring because my brain wasn't giving me anything. I was sat at the table watching projects fall apart, doing nothing, you know, running out of stuff, baking the same bread every day. And it just... And then, and then all of a sudden, after a month of that, after a month and a bit of that, all of a sudden, a whole bunch of new stuff just leapt out at me. Mm. You know, I think it often takes months of just sitting there going, my brain is giving me nothing and I have nothing and I am bored. I think this is where we differ because for me, the pandemic, it just dampened my creativity. And I felt like, I mean, I, I, I couldn't write, I couldn't do anything. Interesting. Because for me... When my writing will, re- will comes from experience and mm-hmm. from living and from just going about in the world, and then I'll go, "Oh, this made me think of this and this and this." Mm-hmm. Whereas when I was just sat at home all day, not doing anything, I couldn't write. I couldn't. Yeah, I found it impossible to write. I, I, you know, I haven't. I, I thought I lost. I felt like I lost the playwriting itch. Um, and to be fair, it pivoted me a little bit onto poetry. I, um, sort of as we went a bit more into the pandemic, I think I. Mm-hmm. found poetry a bit more mm-hmm. but for me it just completely dampened it but also I think there is I was finishing my A-levels in the pandemic yeah. you had come out of university so maybe it was that you'd had a bit more experience with writing probably I, I think maybe I am um, don't want to say I'm like more theoretically rigorous but I have like a writing structure. I don't. And I have the kind of thing that is like, even if you have nothing, you've got to put down something because something is going to come out of this. See, um, that I think that's my biggest shortfall as a writer is I don't have any structure to my writing. Mm. When, like, as, um, when I say structure to my writing, I mean I don't have a routine like when it a, comes to writing. If I am writing, I will spend a couple of months planning and I will... Just, I, I currently have a load of post-its on my wall in my house. I love post-it notes. Thank you. Oh, they're so good. They're so good. They're really good. They're good for, again, for like my ADHD. Yeah. Because I just, I have an idea. It goes boop, up on the board. Boop, boop, bing, boop. bing, bing, bing. Fantastic things. And uh, they're pink. And they're just wonderful. And once that has grown into a full play, then I will, you know, con- condense it and try and get some synopses mm. out. And then I will sit down and I will go, right, I'm writing six pages a day every day for the next 21 days or however long it takes you know with a bit of leeway yeah in there but and I will message a bunch of friends and go this is my deadline I will have a play to you by then yeah you, you you've got to be on it and they go yeah. okay and and then I it's set I've got to I've got to get this down yeah and even if it's an awful first draft some of it will be good and then we can you work got on a, it from there you've got to start off with yeah. shit yeah it's about the process and not giving up at the first hurdle. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I want, I wonder if the constant stream of stimulation that you get in your phone nowadays stops people 
when they immediately don't have what they the end product they go well fuck it I'm gonna go on my phone instead I wonder if that yeah it's an issue as well because I find myself like if I'm writing and I, Mm. I stop writing I will immediately like swipe on my laptop because I'm on my laptop. So yeah. I'll just start, I'll, I'll, I'll find I'll have Googled something. Yeah. And that's when I'll like consciously you go, lose oh it. shit, I've Googled something. Yeah. When did that happen? And I'll go back and be like forcing myself to write again. And it, it's so annoying mm. because I'm like, and I, it's gotten worse recently. Mm. It's constantly kind of getting worse because it's constantly what we rely on all the time. And so writing mm. is getting harder. I, I um, now give my phone to my partner whenever I'm about to write. Yeah. So I don't go on it. You came to, did you, you come to see Strawberry Flavoured Gummy Sutton? Yeah. I you loved did, it. Didn't you? Yeah. I loved it. It was great. That was weird. That was a weird play. I um, didn't, I got bored writing that. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. You got, but why did you get bored writing it? Well, maybe there's like, I think that comes to the, the idea of, you know, when, when we were talking about writing, and you were saying you just it's free flowing you got to go through and I was like no you got to be regimented yeah so I was writing that play for two years and if for two years it was all I was writing and that is not good um certainly not for me uh certainly not when you've got the attitude of you got to keep going until this is finished because that's your job yeah and the Hampstead has gone through some difficult times over the past year they've lost their literary manager they've lost another literary manager they've lost several other people and so I the contact I had kept changing and so who I was talking to kept kept changing. And so the idea of the play kept getting muddled and muddled and muddled until I was essentially kind of trying to bag up some mush into what felt like a play. And I think it turned out all right. But it do you think do you think that was good for the play? Do you think? No, I don't think that was good for the play. I think I mean, the play itself is quite scattered. Yeah, and I can't decide whether it was always going to be scattered. And what happened in the Hampstead aided that. Because, I mean, the play for listeners at home is about depression and about suicidal ideation and about the idea of repetitive spiralling back down to that dark place and how it feels when you feel like you've recovered to go back there again. And so I I can't decide whether that that kind of Hampstead spiral was good for the play and that kind of shattered nature was always what it was going to be or whether the shattered nature is, is in, you know, part and parcel of what happened around me. Mm. that's really interesting because it's definitely my most abstract play yeah yeah like um the entire building falls apart at the end of act one yeah it was never getting put on so i just wrote it for like royal court budget yeah i was like fuck it so in that way yeah boredom wasn't good for you i guess i'm i don't know it's it's an odd one a bit boredom again these are such good questions they're so down the middle like, like, is boredom good? Mm. Yeah, you should, of course. As a human being, experience boredom. Yeah, we we answered the question. Yeah, Bing Bang Bong. Yes, and then, um, <laughs> but I don't know. I I think boredom for too long is bad. Boredom for too long is bad. Boredom for a short amount of time, good. You Thank need, you, you for listening. <laughs> to the you need boredom to move you on to the next thing. Like it's 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 the thing between like. You don't want to get stuck. Yeah. Like, I'd call meditation being bored for 15 minutes. Mm. I'd say you're going and you're locking yourself away and you're shutting yourself off with just yourself. Yeah. Which I would define as, certainly after a while, 
boredom. Yeah. Um, we, have we been, been defining boredom correctly? I don't know. I've not a clue. How do I'm going you know what? Let's get the dictionary cool. definition. There you go. Up. We should have done this at the start, shouldn't we? So the first thing you get when you type boredom into Google mm. boredom. Noun. The state of feeling bored. Define bored. <laughs> okay, here's um Go on. Wikipedia. Okay. In a convent in, in conventional usage, boredom, ennui or tedium. Is an emotional ennui. Got a bit. Got a bit. Oh, ennui. 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 Okay. Uh, do you feel ennui? Do okay. you feel a bit, a little bit in your bones? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let me let me start again. Let me start again while you abuse my fucking microphone with your forehead. In conventional <laughs> usage, boredom, ennui, what? or tedium. Is an emotional. Why is a we in there? <laughs> is an emotional and occasionally Sorry, psychological. <laughs> Fuck off! In conventional usage, yes. boredom, ennui, or tedium is an emotional and occasionally psychological state experienced when an individual individual is left without anything in particular to do. Is listlessness and dissatisfaction arising from a lack of occupation or excitement? Is not interested in their surroundings or feels that a day or period is dull or tedious? Mm. Mm. I suppose boredom looks like something different to everyone because some so. some people wouldn't would probably be like, oh yeah, meditation, I love it. It's not boring to me at all. Mm. And it's about getting over boredom, maybe some people would say about meditation. Yeah. I'd, I mean, I'd say ever since kind of mindful, mindfulness, mindfulness sneaked into my life, like through a door, thanks to school therapy sessions, I'd say boredom is a little harder to come by because whenever I have a moment to myself, yeah, I'm generally... Or maybe that's an ADHD thing. Maybe. I've been informed by, again, my therapist, that the fact that I think too quickly is absolutely down to my attention deficit disorder. Um, because my brain is just constantly searching for things to think about. And so I, it does. And and if I get bored, I generally just go to sleep. Um, so, or I, find, I can find the smallest things interesting. Yeah. Like, for instance, the ribs on this sofa. The little corduroy stuff. What's that? That's interesting. Mm. You know? It's sort of when you look at it for too long, it makes your eyes go a bit funny. Yeah. Or when I when I was bored as a kid, I used to look at the knots in the wood on my uh, wardrobe doors, and and imagine little little bugs in there. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I don't, who knows? Who knows what's going on? But I'm, I ain't getting bored. I, I can I can absolutely lose myself in some knots of some wood. So there you go. I am an interesting person, I promise, <laughs> to be around. Okay, Patrick, I'm going to say pens down. Okay. We're drawing this conversation about boredom to a close. And I'm going to ask for your thesis statement. That's a really hard thing to say when you have a lisp. Give me your thesis statement to the question, is there something to be said for boredom? Concisely. It's a thesis statement. This is the conclusion to your essay. To conclude, there is absolutely something to say for boredom, especially in the modern day and age where there is constantly something pining for your attention 
There are little literal jobs which are all about grabbing your attention and stopping your focus from, you know, moving away from your phone, from Twitter, from Instagram, from TikTok. There is something to say for every so often taking a step away from the world and refinding yourself. Because certainly recently I've discovered there is definitely more world out there than just my phone and my laptop. And that is, you know, seems like an obvious thing to say. But in the modern world, where everything is based on your phone or your laptop. Content, content, content. Exactly. Being able to go, oh, I can just go for a walk. Oh, I can just sit in the garden and read a book. Oh, I can just, you know, not at all go on my phone. At all. I can live my life without it. It's such an, it, it feels like such a radical thing to say. And I think that revolution begins by being bored. Wow. I could really hear those lambda classes coming out in that last little. Thank you. I, it's, I leant towards the microphone. Yeah. That's all that happened. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. also, but I also, okay, whatever. No, no, no. Compliment me. You're great. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Now, um, All Souls only lets in up to two people every year. It's two people a year. Two people a year, up to, sometimes it's one. That's not... One time, it was no one. They didn't think anyone was good enough. That's not a college. That's a room. Well, it's... it's All Souls College, welcome to one bed. (laughs) (laughs) Like, they have multiple people, but one, they let... They let two new people in. This up is, to two this is new all people. Where is <laughs> it? Let- it's the shed down at the bottom of the garden. <laughs> they let it's up got to- a nice crest over the doorway. Gone. I mean, maybe it is just some some people sort of in a shed yeah. insisting that they are important <laughs> academics. I don't know. I haven't been. It better be fucking spectacular. <laughs> fucking Imagine the dinners. I have nothing. I'm just imagining a very small table. Yeah, very small table. One chef. It's Jack. He's back. <laughs> Talking about, sorry, I was promoting your ennui, but I have brought your oysters. Oh, I hate you. Thank you. So they only letting up to two people every year. One yes, year they didn't let anyone in. Why? Because no one was good enough according to their standards. No one was good enough. No one was good enough. They didn't think anyone was yeah, good enough to be let in. Fair enough. However, mm. here at the exam hall, we do not gatekeep. Everyone's welcome. But you do gaslight and you do I girl do, boss. I gaslight and I girl <laughs> boss. So, Patrick, um, I've looked at your uh, application. We've reviewed it. If you turn me down now, We've this will be it. genuinely heartbreaking. <laughs> it's gone for our gaslight and... Girl boss moderators, Thank and you. I am very happy to welcome you into the alumni of the exam hall. Fucking brilliant. Very excited. Thank you, everyone. I am pleased to join my classmates, uh, whose names I remember, who've come before me, and I look forward to welcoming future members into the club. Gorgeous. Now, if you get into All Souls, you are given seven years of funding to complete any research project that you want. Oh, God. They give you salary. You get bored. Not bored as in you get bored. Like, you get... They give you bored. They Thank give you. you. They give you somewhere to live. Because after talking about boredom <laughs> for, like, God knows how long, I was confused. So, they give you a salary. They give you somewhere to live. Nice. Uh, you can study any subject you want at Oxford. Mm. 
Um, and you're given contacts with leading individuals and scholars in your field. Mm. So essentially, removal of a large majority of barriers. Sure. Financially, you're good. Mm. If you had seven years to learn and discover whatever you want. Whatever I want. Free of financial burden, what would you do, Patrick? See, my head is entirely on boredom and looking at the public sphere at the moment. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I would need time to step back and think properly, but at the moment it would be taking seven years to investigate how to properly and whether it's possible to separate, you know, humanity, certainly first world humanity, yeah, from technology and what the decent role of constant phones, constant laptops, constant everything is. Or maybe you're investigating the effects of the pandemic on kind of the minds of the youth yeah that sort of thing you know you're really taking time to investigate how the world can do better obviously there's also looking at climate change Mm -hmm. there's looking at that sort of thing there's looking at either not how to revert it although that would be nice but the main thing we need to do now is halt it and stop it yeah so maybe just using the money to hold for ransom the families of oil executives um (laughs) what a joke um but for legal purposes that's a joke exactly for legal reasons that's a joke but for seven years unlimited resources i'm saying it could be no <laughs> the that, exam hall does not condone kidnapping kidnapping and kidna- <laughs> <laughs> um i don't condone kidnapping i wouldn't do it nor do i condone violence what would sort of seven years to just sort of learn i mean to you for for me as well yeah maybe it's looking at uh, new creativity in the public, you know, in the public sector in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, it's looking at developing new talent and trying to solve class inequality in the creative sector. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting one. Looking at how we can uh, try to fix the kind of nepo baby thing that's going on. Yeah, because so many people from my state school did not get to the point where I have got because Mm. of kind of, yeah, that. Yet so many people from like Habs and Eaton and that sort of thing have all just been able to continue that. I can tell you why. That's funding. That's funding from parents and passion. That's a stupid one to consider. How, how... I genuinely can't think. I'd I'd need a a good amount of time. That's that's Mm. a, a fantastic amount of resource and it's a fantastic amount of time is that what it would if if you sort of had seven years without any financial burdens is that what you think would be to you just the time to stop and think no no i would use it to i would use it to study something mm. you gotta do you gotta do something mind you i do think i would get bored over the course of seven years yeah. studying the same thing mrna vaccines they're fascinating they're amazing things cancer cancer treatments um individualized customized vaccines for cancer that's an amazing thing um although i don't have the intelligence to look into that no that yeah that's out of left field that's a bit out of left field we're just looking at things i'd be interested in right now graphene also interesting um the future of transport also interesting there's lots of stuff cherry yeah 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 did you want one no i I mean whatever whatever comes out it's just (laughs) like i normally people like i would look at xyz so this is quite fun what have we had in the past um 
Mavish on the pilot were, were said that she wanted to look at food writing and for her it'd be the ability to travel. Lachey uh, talked about uh, she would look at how sort of bringing arts to unrepresented groups. That's good. Katie, who was my last guest, was basically, basically they were like, I would, my, I would spend my time at All Souls uh, researching how I could deconstruct All Souls and send that information out into the world. So, like, not, like, deconstruct gatekeeping, essentially. Deconstructing gatekeeping is a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Looking at education and whether it is possible to provide a university education for everybody in the country mm. is one that I'm interested in. Yeah. And to second and back that up, it is looking at whether universal basic income would be possible in the modern United Kingdom and whether it would prevent people from working, whether it would remove the impetus to do. Interesting. Because I think universal basic income would be fantastic for a lot of people. Yeah. It would remove a lot of stress from modern life. It would remove a lot of stress from creatives. Yeah. It would remove a lot of stress from the ill. It would remove a lot of stress from the elderly. Yeah. And I think... The arguments that it removes, the, the the wish, the need, you know, the drive for, oh, I have to do this because I need cash, it, it's, is a silly one. Mm. You know, I don't think things would grind to a halt. And I think it would also, in the 21st century, where like AI, where machines are taking over so many jobs, I think having just the ability to live, again, to go out in the world and be bored, haha, <laughs> to travel, to go and see things, to go to concerts, to... You know, just be able to take time away and be with the people you love, to see the world, and to just experience life without the nine-to-five grind. Yeah. Is a privilege that I think we as humans over the past 100 years have earned. Yeah. And I think it would be interesting to study whether it is feasible and whether the uh, argument that it is economically unviable yeah. and um, just generally intellectually unviable is correct. Mm. looking back to your time in education Mm -hmm. did you feel like you faced many barriers um let's face it look at me i am white yeah i am english yeah um i'm male i am recently bisexual (laughs) um (laughs) um but in a manner that has not impacted my life at all. I don't think I have really, apart from things like, say, and I mean, I got onto the National Theatre's Young Writers Programme, and I got onto Inspire, but we were talking about... I, I, and it's not discrimination against, against men. No. It's not anything like that. It's positively bringing up women in something that is desperately needed. But it is interesting that now there are definitely less opportunities for people like myself in the world of the arts. There's less funding opportunities. There's less money for things. I certainly can't kind of make films, um, Mm. you know, all year round because most of the opportunities for funding are based on people who haven't previously had that opportunity, which is amazing. Yeah. Which is a wonderful, wonderful thing. I won't lie, it is slightly frustrating, but 
it is absolutely needed and I support it 100%. Um, So there's a barrier there. Um, The only barrier I can concretely talk about, and again, this is an immensely privileged thing to be able to say, that this is the barrier that I faced. Um, As a neurodivergent person, I my A-levels were really hard um, because I was going through some uh, traumatic things in my personal life and that really kicked the ADHD into gear. And so focusing on exam questions, I um, ran out of time so often. I would get lost in the exams. I I can't do exams really um, at all because of it. Because I will get stuck in a question and before I know it, something I was meant to have 20 minutes for, 40 minutes has gone. And that's taken time away from a, a previous, you know, a future question. And it's not that I cannot answer the questions. It's that I simply lose time. And that sounds so odd for me to say because it is very odd to talk about um, to someone that ha- hasn't experienced it. This is, that's the barrier I've faced really. ADHD, because everything, it has consistently come back to bite me. It's come back to bite me, yeah, at school, yeah, at uni, um, where in projects I was seen as kind of the lazy one. I'm, I'm not kind of, I just get unfocused and be physically unable to kind of try and make myself interested again in a project. Yeah. Um, but definitely in, in exams at A-levels, yeah, losing losing time sounds like a stupid thing. Like, what a st- kind of stupid person would just no, lose but it, the time. It's a, it's but a symptom of exactly, exactly. Um, and it's not it's not just you losing time. It's your brain having the inability yeah. to grasp time or perceive it. Sure. Really. And I I got into uni. I scraped my way into Exeter, like scraped. Um, but it was like so touch and go. Yeah. Because those exams, I was... And again, that's not even a barrier because I got in. But at the time, just the idea of doing exams and the well, idea is, that that is how we separate yeah. people is is ridiculous to yeah. me. I, I do... I, I, I think... I won't lie. Even for, like, neurotypical people, I don't think exams no. are a good way of grasping intelligence of... Um, I don't think it's a productive way to learn mm. as you know I had it, yeah I, I was working in a school for two years and I mm. had to get kids ready for exams and if I felt so bad because it just be like trying to sm- fit someone into a box that yeah. wasn't designed really what's the meme for anyone the meme's telling an elephant a chicken and a monkey to climb a tree and that's oh, the yeah, exam that thing. yeah that one that one that good old boomer meme that, yeah yeah <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I won't lie. I'm coming from an immensely privileged position. Mm. I don't. I mean, I came from state school. I don't have... Getting to university, I wasn't able to fit into a lot of things that, you know, people going around going, what school What school are you from? What, where, where did you study? And it's like I studied at Poynton High School in the north. And they're like, oh, because, you know, and they wouldn't talk to me. Because they went to... Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, it'd be that outright. Yeah. You didn't go to a grammar or a private, so we're not yeah. talking to you. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Or they'd, they'd walk off and they'd go and find their group, you know? <gasps> there was, like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, it, it, it's, it's levels of privilege and it's ridiculous. And that's not me denying mm. the level of privilege that I, I have received throughout my life and that I come from. Yeah. But I'm saying 
some things are just insane like insane like and yeah exeter the whole history friendship group that i ended up kind of orbiting never truly being accepted in because of i guess where i've come from Mm. but the kind of group there all went to haberdashers um that sort of thing you know it's yeah it's good crack wow that's me though um i'm deeply privileged but i'm doing my best to try and yeah help people who aren't my big kind of cause in life is taking new writing and making sure those opportunities and those stories from people who haven't had the opportunities that i've had yeah and that's specifically university as well just the atmosphere of being able to go to university have all those people around you have that lack of need for money lack of need for rehearsal space and that sort of stuff and find a way to give people that who wouldn't otherwise have it so yeah. let their voices be heard that's so important yeah and and I, I that kind of my life's calling i guess is trying to find a way to to give people that back well patrick thank you very very much for being here and for talking to me if anyone's here still it's been wonderful thank you for having me <laughs> <laughs> it's been a grand old time before i say goodbye is there anything you'd like to plug promote shout out i don't know i might have a play coming up later this year you should come and see that okay where, where can people find no updates idea. about this play um you can follow me on twitter uh, that's at planet underscore patrick stunning thank you there's a short film coming out at some point there might be a kickstarter for that if you can chuck a couple of quid we're trying to get it edited and finished um, where can they find information about that short film they can find that on my twitter that would be oh. at planet underscore patrick what did, what did you I, want me I, to I, say I, I thought you you were gonna plug uh, caged bird yeah oh yeah follow at caged bird underscore ltd or Gorge. just at caged bird ltd it's one of the two we're big boys we uh, we do things nice it's, it's good fun it's, thank you it's great fun the bird have a good time everyone i hope you're having a good day it's been lovely to chat thank you and um i just like to back that up and say patrick's great and patrick's play is great and uh if anyone with money is listening or if like the head of the national the royal court is listening can you just like program him please so I'm, then i can go and see it <laughs> i'm 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 really really love doing what i do and i'm very lucky to be able to do it and i love working with people like yourself cherry so thank you for oh, having me on i'm really excited to see your so stuff nice. and uh yeah we'll keep going we'll keep moving on up friends with friends oh lift well, up your friends people lift up your friends that's a nice last message to finish on thank you very much for listening to the exam hall my name has been cherry echo and it still is cherry echo and i think it probably will be for the time being for the, for the foreseeable future it will be cherry echo if you like today's episode please give it a share give it a rate tell your friends and family that'd be great if you want to keep up with the exam hall and everything we've got going on, you can follow us on social media at the exam hall pod. Uh, if you're interested in what I'm up to, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at cherry the eckle. That's cherry like the fruit, the like the word the, and eckle not like the Lancashire pastry, but E C K E L. And you can also find me on YouTube, Cherry Eckle. Thank you to Boundless Theatre whose support made this podcast possible. Thank you to you for listening. Am I missing anything? What do you normally do at the end of a podcast? Thanks, thanks to God. Yeah. Praise be to God. Uh, praise be to Payman. Praise be to Zeus above and Hades below. Yeah, baby. Thank you for listening. I hope you have a lovely day and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.